Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1060. Get busy living or get busy dying. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tim Estradal. Hey, Tim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. I like that enthusiasm. Tim Estradal is an award-winning freelance automotive journalist who lives in western Nebraska. He's published work in many major publications, including the Boston Globe, Chicago Sun-Times, Truck Trend, Four-Wheeler, Motor One, PickupTrucks.com, and many others. Tim's focus is covering pickups and SUVs along with classic pickups. He also hosts the Pickup Truck and SUV Talk podcast, a fellow podcaster, and oversees the brand's YouTube, website, and social media channels. And in addition to covering the industry, he's currently, as if he's not busy enough, writing a restoration book on 1960-1966 Chevy C10 pickups. So Tim, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for trucks and automobiles? Well, well clearly I get bored often and I, I can't <laughs> not stay busy. Uh, yeah, I got a lot on the plate uh, when you start breaking it all down, but I just love it. It's just a, it's a passion of mine. I really enjoy driving and working on my old trucks. I enjoy the new trucks too. I do. I, I'm more of a storyteller than I'm a journalist. I tell people that quite often. You know, I, I want to tell a story. I want to go do something fun and make it interesting and have a good time doing it. So I'm kind of that guy. We joke a lot that I'm in Western Nebraska. I'm like literally the only uh, automotive journalist in Western Nebraska and in the West Nebraska area. So I thought about creating my own press association, be like NAWA and like Nebraska Writers Association and create little <laughs> awards. And yeah. We, we have a lot of fun with it. I, I have a cup I made, and this is my humor. I have a coffee cup, and I had it engraved, and it says, top automotive journalist in Nebraska in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. It just wraps around the cup. It just wraps around the cup. Yeah. It just it has all the great stuff there because uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun living in this part of the country though, because I get a, a great different perspective than the, the major outlets do. Like a lot of people work in LA, Detroit and, Chicago, and New York City, as you know, in Chicago as well. Right. And so yeah. it's fun being out here and like pitching ideas and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, where'd that come uh, from? I, yeah, I, I pitched a story on uh, push bars and bull bars. We call them bull bars out here and, and uh, grow guards. Uh-huh. And I got the most interesting responses back on that story. <laughs> no doubt. Well, you know, the joke is in cities like where I live, although I live in a small town outside of Seattle, but I grew up in Southern California, San Diego, LA, all those is, you know, these people that drive around in their trucks and SUVs with the brush guards on them, yeah. they're fashion statements. I don't think they ever see any brush or anything much less maybe the spinners on a drive through car wash or something like that. But uh, yeah, where you live, they're actually real. There's a reason for them. It's like uh, wearing those uh, chaps, you know, when you're riding a motorcycle. The cowboys had a reason for those, the snakes and the tumbleweeds. So very nice. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you. And I want to shout out to Mike Quincy, who put us together. And also, real quickly, my next door neighbor, Bill. Now, he just ordered a new Ford Raptor, and he is, like, so ecstatic. The thing's going to be built in about six weeks, I guess, something like that. But since you're a truck guy, what have I got to look forward to having a neighbor with a new Ford Raptor? If you see a blur, that'd be him going by. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the old Ford diesel that I hear coming up the hill, uh-huh. you know, when I'm recording a podcast and I go, oh, gosh, here comes Bill. I'm going to have to edit that out. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to hear that anymore. Am I going to hear more like a... That's what you should be hearing if he's driving it correctly. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, right. It's actually quieter these days. They did a really good job making it quiet inside and out. And it's got a new 5-liter EcoBoost in it. So there's a little pro and con there where it used to have the big throaty V8 sound from the 5.8-liter Coyote engine. Yeah. Now it doesn't. Now it's faster, but it doesn't sound as good. Uh, and okay. so for your purposes, it'd be <laughs> perfect. Oh, good. Good, good. Well, thanks, Bill. Thanks for all the editing work you've provided me over the years, but uh, he's a great neighbor. And I walk his dog, Warden, every day, so that's an extra treat for me. I'm kind of like Warden's dog parent or godparent, I think, is the way. So, uh, you know, when I'm done with him, I take him back after I've spoiled him. So, well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational truck tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Tim, take the wheel. My mantra has always kind of been get busy living or get busy dying. It's the quote from... Um, is it Shawshank Redemption, the movie? It is Shawshank. Yeah, okay. I just said in my head. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, it, and it, it's... What I like about the quote is that there's a lot of times, and we'll talk throughout this podcast, where people have fears about getting involved and doing things. Right. And this is really about dropping your fears and just going for it. And I think a lot of times in life, you're able to... People get stuck in their ways and they get what is common to them and they get in their little comfort areas and they don't break out of that. Yeah. And if there's anything about my career that's consistent is that I don't live that way at all. <laughs> and I, I'm always breaking down barriers. And as somebody said to me once, they said, you know, what I like about you and what, what blows my mind is you never say no. Mm. And I had, I had, it was a client I was working with and he said, you know, you just never say no. Like if I have some crazy idea, you just go for it. And yeah. I'm like, that's the way life is. I mean, you, you just never know. Like, I've had some really crazy ideas I turned into stories. I was in South Dakota and did the story on a Cummins diesel engine in the field. And it was the forefather of all current com- generations of Cummins diesel's engines was in this field just riding away in this old 50s international truck. And I, I had just done the work and I called Cummins and Cummins sent their story out. Cummins didn't have, did not have a version of this engine. And it basically is like the short block Chevy. It's the forefather of all current generations. Wow. And so I drove up there in a car and I called the press association. I drove up there and did the story. And, you know, I did a, and, and it became the most reader responded story in the history of Truck Run magazine. Wow. And then I drove a tank the next year in Minnesota. I just kind of pieced it <laughs> together and we're driving along and my friend is like, how did you do this? And I'm like, well, I called so-and-so and got a car and I called somebody else, got the thing and I pitched the story and sold that. And he's like, I'm like, it took me a couple months to put all the pieces together. He goes, I would just never do that. I would just never, he goes, I would literally give up. I don't have that. I don't have that drive to keep that, that going. And that's just the thing. It's like, I could get busy dying and just sit on the couch every night and watch the wheel of fortune and eat, drink my beer. Sure. Yeah. But I got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of life I want to live and there's a lot of stories I want to tell and I'm out there doing it. Well, it's so cool. I love this. And nowadays with, well, here we are talking. We're many miles apart, but we're talking via Skype. I feel like I'm in the room with you. Uh, You can do so much now social media, uh, so many things you can create. You can do it for nothing, virtually no money. All you need is a computer and an internet connection and you can start preaching your word, whatever it is to the world. And yeah, start connecting with people. So I love that. Just avoid fear. My dad used to tell me fear was an acronym for false evidence assumed real. So if you think something is really scary, it's just your perception of it. Of course, don't step off the cliff unless you've got a parachute on, but that's a little different. Let's talk about a story that instigated your passion for trucks and cars. I want you to go back in time and talk about that pivotal moment as you remember it when you knew you were a car and a truck guy. 
it's interesting. I, I was thinking this one through and I have a really interesting automotive journey uh, in that I'm really a GM brat. Uh, my dad worked at the GM pickup side of the business for really 37 years. And I was born in Janesville out, outside the Janesville assembly plant. And, and the story goes that he had to get a loan from the hospital to get me out of the, to get me out. The hospital wouldn't release me unless the loan was set up. And he <laughs> was earning overnights at a furniture store delivering furniture. And, and that did not allow him to get a loan. So he had to get a job at General Motors. And in those days, Janesville was a GM town. So once you got a loan at General Motors, you were gold. And yeah. so or, so he got a job. He got the loan. He got me out of the hospital. And then we went to Columbia City. And so we got involved in outside Port Wayne Assembly. He was one of the forefathers of Port Wayne Assembly. Went to Michigan near Flushing. He went to Flint Assembly. Warren. So it's the whole whole thing. Wow. So I'd been involved in, in cars and trucks throughout the years. He was involved. He was one of the executives. He got the uh, press vehicle for the – not press vehicle. But he had a loan vehicle for right. all the time. Uh-huh. And so I was always driving new, I was always riding a new stuff. I never got to drive it. I was riding a new stuff all the time, but he wasn't, a, he wasn't a gear wrench kind of guy. I mean, he, he, did, he was an engineer, you know, a white collar executive kind of guy. And so he never like wrenched on things. And so I had taken a break. I had went to retail and I went to college, got out of the college and I was trying to find uh, something to supplement my business I had started. And so I found this, a couple of sites to run, a couple of truck sites. And I just reignited my passion for the trucks that he had kind of given me through my life, but I hadn't really realized that it was there. And I don't, I mean, I always, I had a twisted neck when a classic truck went by. I always, you know, looked at different things. I mean, I wasn't oblivious to it, but I, I wasn't a car nut. And now that I got into this job and I, I kind of grew it and networked it into the way out where I am today, I got my 62 Chevy C10 from the family. It's a family truck. I've been working on that. It just, it just is all kind of growing. And so I'm definitely late to the game. You know, I wasn't 17 years old. I mean, I changed heads, batteries, nothing too crazy, but I'm late to the game, but I, I just now I have the time, the money, and the situation to really put time into it, and so all the thing lined up, and so now I'm really, I'm really involved. I really enjoy what I'm, you know, all the stuff I'm doing with automotive. Well, it's cool. That's what Cars Yeah is all about: inspiring automotive enthusiasts, wrapping their passion for cars and trucks into their careers. You're, you fit the mold perfectly. Well, Tim, what I want to do, of course, is talk about a big challenge or a big failure you face because. Being an entrepreneur is fraught with ups and downs. We're faced with all sorts of challenges every day. But of course, the lessons we learn are the most important part of the story. So take us through one of yours, kind of walk us through that painful time, but tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum to move forward. Yeah, you're talking about failure. I, I fail every day. Like, I, I think this is something that- Good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, people don't understand. It's like, as a freelance automotive journalist, like I pitch stories, I probably pitch 20, 30 stories a week. Or in my mind, I'm pitching stories editors. And I get turned down on 75, 80% of those. I mean, it's very consistent to get turned down and to fail. And so it's the constant failing that I think is a big part of that picture is that I've had a lot of journalists come to me and they ask for advice and things because I, I do pretty well as a freelance journalist. And, you know, my biggest advice to them is get used to being turned down and they take it so personally. Yeah. Like if yeah. your story gets turned down, it's personal. I'm like, no, I'm like, I was in sales for 12 years. You know, it's just, it's a sale and I just need to repackage it. Right. And that's why I've always looked at journalism. I didn't go to college till I was 25. And so when I got my degree, I was older than the kids that were in college. And so I was able to look at the landscape and say, uh, newspapers are dying. That's failure. <laughs> Not going there, yep. but I'm going to make my own way, but it's, it's going to be different. My style of journalism is sales and it's thinking about things differently and how to sell stories. And so I'm always failing, but and all those failures is where I get my big successes because I'll get turned down nine, 10 times in a row, but then I'll sell something and it goes big and somebody's like sharing it and things are like, wow, look at this. 
one of my failures that turned into something was I was on uh, our Facebook. I know living on that stuff these days, uh, being that I live away from somebody else. That's our water cooler time is that I came across the million mile tundra story. I don't know if you knew that, but that was my story that broke national. Nice. Um, that was the story that, of Victor Shepard. And he drove a 2000, I think it's, I forget the year, 12, 13, whatever. He put a million miles on it. I, it was my greatest success in that I'd gotten turned down several times before on stories. And I came across this one and I literally just pitched it. I mean, I, the editor and I knew each other pretty well, so we didn't, you know, I'd worked with him before. So it wasn't a great pitch at all. It was really terrible, actually, looking back <laughs> on it. But he bought it. And then I turned that into a three-part series. It took a 16 months to get the last part out in the magazine. And it turned into one of those things that, you know, it's sitting in their technical center on display. And they reference me when they talk about it because nice. if they if I didn't say something, that truck does not exist. Right. Yeah. Because the dealer had tried to put it out and the dealer getting anywhere and the regional guys didn't want to do anything with it. But I got a, I ran the story and national, like jumped on it and it turned into a whole thing. You know, it's a wonderful story and I appreciate you sharing it because it's so, so important. And you can listen to great speeches by people who failed many times. Uh, the writer of the Harry Potter series was turned down by, I don't know how many publishers. Oh, this is a terrible story. I mean, you just think back to how many of those now are just going, oh my gosh, how, why did I do that? They failed too, right? The fact is she kept bringing it forward. I, I know stories you listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger about how many times he got laughed at going to a movie studio saying, I want to be a movie star. And they're like, I can't even understand what you're saying. Get out of here. You know, you look funny too, by the way. Uh, too many muscles. But uh, I, let me ask you this. What's a one little quick little snippet of advice you could offer somebody out there who has a trouble with being... Uh, with failure, with, with being told no, because so many times that just stops somebody in their tracks and they never try again. What is it about how you think that allows you to move past that? Uh, I think it's determination, you know, force of will determination. You got to say, you know, and, and there's times here. So, so let's clarify. There's times that you can fall in love with a story idea. You can go ahead over heels with it, but it doesn't go anywhere. Right. And you have, to, you have to understand that. You have to say, you know what? I've pitched this three or four times. Nobody's buying it. Maybe I love the story and I love it a lot, but nobody else does. Right. And that's okay. You know, that's okay that I love it. And I need to cross off my list. The next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Right. Because every day is a new story. Every day is a new opportunity. So if, if you get turned down once, just set it aside. Because a lot of times I'll come, I, I just did this. I just sold a story last month that I gotten turned down three months prior. So the story had changed. So uh, it was a Nissan Titan pickup story. Uh, it was about lifted Nissan Titans. His best-selling dealer in Nis for Nissan Titans is in Salt Lake City, Utah. And he just lifts them, puts the tires on them. I pitched that three months ago. It didn't go anywhere. It just died. And I kind of liked it. And I, it wasn't a big – I, I kind of – maybe I saw elsewhere, but I just kind of sat on a little bit. And then about – was it back in, fe in February in Chicago Auto Show, Nissan announced going to do – Icon's going to do a three-inch lift on stock from the factory. So I re-pitched that story again as saying this is why they're offering it. Because this dealer is selling it so much right. that Nissan's cluing in. And yep. the guy came back and he said, great follow-up. Thanks <laughs> for coming back to me. Sold. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah. I, it, the, the, the thing is, when you deal with that failure and that story failure, you got to realize a couple things. It's not you. It's never you. It's never personal. It's timing. It's, you know, maybe the tweak. The idea is good, but maybe you tweak it a little bit. It's what's all going on. And so, you know, a lot of times I'll pitch an idea and then a year later, the editor leaves, new editor comes in and says, I want that story now. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. so that, that happened. You have to understand that, that that's right. the game you're playing. It's right. not that it, it's not, it's never personal. It's just the game you're playing. And the whole on to those ideas 
and hold on the stories you really love, but set them aside, let time go by, and maybe you get a fresh idea, maybe something happens that causes that story to make sense now. You know, it's well said. Years ago, I was an account executive in addition to being a creative director in an ad agency, and I had to learn how to go walk into buildings, knock on doors, and try to sell what we were doing. Very, very brutal business. No phones back, cell phones back then. I mean, you just went door to door, cold calling people. And I had a really successful real estate agent tell me one day, look, Mark, a no doesn't mean a no tomorrow or the next day or next week. It's just a no today. Tomorrow could be a maybe. In a week, it could be a yes. So repackage it, repitch it. You said exactly what that guy told me when I was young, 22 years old, trying to figure out why is everybody saying no to me? Is it me? Oh, I'm so bad. My suit is ugly, whatever it might be, you know, but no, it's just timing and all that. Great story. Now, how about an aha career moment? I'm guessing with all the things you do, you're very diversified. You've had a few aha moments that really enlighten your path. Could you share one of those? I've had several, but I kind of want to share one that's a little bit different and and more personal. I had worked, when I got out of college, I worked for a a nonprofit, a, a great nonprofit, but it was a very terrible office setting. And so I, I had a really crappy job like you did. It was just, it just was not what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had came home, I had, was married for a month, told my wife, I said, I quit my job. I'm done. My wife is a very much of a uh, depression era parents. You know, you hold on to stuff, a paycheck's a paycheck kind of person. Yeah. And so for me to say, I'm quitting my job. I don't want another job ever again was <laughs> a little scary for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a month after we get married, I'm not sure how she stayed with me. Uh, that was impressive. But uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, but I, I knew that I was I, I had something I could do differently. I knew that I had determination. I knew there was things I could do differently. And so I started the business and I was a sports referee. I did football games and flag football games for adults and did baseball games, did softball. I stayed home dad. I worked on when I could. I mean, I did odd jobs, everything I could. And then I grew my business and I, it was about, I don't know, you, you know, the thing with own your own business, I think is important is that. After you get through the first year, people are like, oh, yeah, you get the first year, you'd be successful. That's bull. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like every year is a tough year. Every year, yeah. you know, yeah. figured out. Well, I'd gone like four or five years and I finally, I sat down and said, look, I said, I, you know, I'm still edgy. I'm still like, oh my gosh, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it, make it? And I sat down and I really crunched numbers and I had made more money per year, every year for the past five years than I did ever working in the office. And then I figured out with the amount of clients I had and the amount of outlets I was pitching to and everything going on that I had enough built up that I never had to go back into the office. That was my aha business entrepreneurial moment of saying, you know what? I have made it. I have got to the point that I'm successful. I've gotten the point that I don't have to go back to that damn office again. I, me in a cubicle would be like a bull in a china cabinet. It's not <laughs> yeah. happening. It's not yeah. a good thing. And then I, you know, so I'm thinking about this. And my aunt came to me a couple of years ago and she says, you know, you're a self-made man. And that had never occurred to me to think that way. Mm-hmm. But now that I, now I do, and it's true. I, I, I'm, I'm a self-made man. I mean, I, I produce my own income on a daily basis. And so it's weird to get to that point. And, and I tell people all the time to do that is, is if you're in business several years, sit down and really think, you know, have you really made it? Crunch numbers. And a lot of times you're like, oh, yeah, I have. Right. But you never think about that. It's a day-to-day, the day-to-day struggle. You're always in the moment that it's hard to go that 30,000 foot view and step back and say, oh, yeah, wow. Hey, I am doing pretty good. Well, it's a great story again, but what's better about it is the little golden nugget you dropped at the end, and that was you need to take some moments of time and step back and really look at what you're doing. And maybe you need to change your environment. Get outside, go somewhere, take a day off and go somewhere, get out of the environment and really think about what you've been doing, because sometimes you might go, wow, yeah, like I did. 
I did do this. Wow. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, it's it's a great story. Wonderful story. Thanks for sharing that. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car or truck and maybe a memory you have about that vehicle. Oh, it's got to be Swede. It's got a memory by 62 Chevy C10. Oh, I yeah. was, uh, I had, Swede. I had, I had, the nickname? Swede. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Swede is a 60, 62 Chevy C10. He sat at the family farm for in a barn for 10 years. He used to be the farm pickup. So most of my cousins and aunts had all driven uh, driven in the truck, learned how to drive in that truck, actually. Right. And uh, it shows it. There's plenty of dents and dings throughout the truck. Yeah. Um, it was a couple Christmases ago. We actually looked through this up the other day. It was 2016 Christmas. I had bought a 63 International. I was working on that because I, I wanted to learn some more about trucks. And I just wanted the classic truck. And um, my uncle, my aunt's uncle, turned, looked at me and he says, why don't you take the old green pickup? And that's that's Swede. And that was promised to him. He is the son of the grandfather, right? Oh, and okay. He says to me, he says, why don't you just take the pickup? And I'm like, well, I always thought that pickup was spoken for. Like for a decade, it had been spoken for. Okay. And he, look, he looked at me and he says, you know, he says, I'm getting older. I have less time. I have a couple trucks I'm working on. I can barely get stuff done in those. He goes, you'll do something with it. And so we had to wait for the snow to melt, the spring rains to go through, the farm to dry up to get to pull the pickup up. And for the past year and a half, I've been working on Swede quite a bit. And now I got him running great. Uh, I had to do an engine swap, which was great. I learned how to do that. I learned how to do uh, interior. I've done wiring. I've done everything except for the exhaust. I had an exhaust done, but I did drum brakes. I put wheels and tires. I mean, I've done all the work on this truck by myself. And that's from a computer nerd <laughs> learning how to run a truck. Yeah. I mean, that was, I was, I was never a gearhead. So I have so much fun with him. He's, I enjoy, I took him hunting. I've taken him to Denver twice, which are three times, which is 200 miles each way. People know me by Swede. People ask about Swede. I just got done moving uh, three tons of rock with Swede. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I. There's you know, a I, personal relationship going on yes, here. And, oh, and I yeah. want to, I want to let the listeners know, why is your truck named Swede? I oh, think yeah. I, I, I know, but. I, I should get to that. So my family heritage is Swedish. So I'm, I'm Swede. And then my grandfather-in-law would be the way to say it is his nickname was Swede. His real name was Eugene. But when he was a little baby, he was put on his aunt's lap and the aunt says, I don't care what they call you. You always be my little Swede. Ah, and nice. all his brothers and sisters have nicknames. There's Wyoming Pete. There's Swede. There's uh, oh my gosh, that's like yeah. a bunch of gunslingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, they all have nicknames. And so it's fun. It's like, they, they, you know, that was the, that was the thing. So when I got the truck, I wanted to name him and it was easy. I mean, it was yeah. an easy thing. And so I have a, in the back window, I have a lettering Swede put in the back window and, and my friends all know, and they, I show photos of them and I write stories on them and we have a good time. Nice story. I love it. Old Swede. Very cool. How about Sellers Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go? You really wish you had back? I really no, <laughs> you've got Swede. What I else do you I, need? Yeah. I don't really have time for regrets. There you, you know? go. I mean, that, best, it, best comment today. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't. Regrets. I've been married and divorced uh, already. I've had three kids. I'm, I just, you know, that life's full of life and I don't have time to think about things I should would have had. I like it. Very nicely said. Well, let's talk about today. You are involved in a lot of things. So I'd love to, for you to share the Cars audience. Maybe what has you fired up and excited this year? I know you do a podcast, you're a journalist. I mean, you do so many things, but what are you working on right now that has you very excited? What I'm working on right now that I'm really interested in is, uh, besides my book, my book should be, my books can be exciting. It's going to be really exciting when it's done. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. But I, I'm really doing a lot with YouTube lately. I, I've, 
I, I hadn't uh, done a lot with YouTube in the past, but it, as an entrepreneur, it's it's one more avenue. So it's one more way as the content producer, one more way to put content out there. Right. And I've been really growing that a lot, and I've had a lot of fun. Um, I do a lot of fun stuff. I have a Redneck Monday series, and, and <laughs> we have uh, I do some live streams, and I did some towing with F three fifty recently. Did towed some hay, and there's a bunch of stuff. stuff. So I, I have a lot of fun with that, and, and that's been really growing. And it's it's hard when you have your own and you know your own podcast and websites and things. It's hard to to understand if you're growing or if you're just treading water. Mm-hmm. And you know, with a YouTube channel, you can visually see that you have more subscribers and viewers, and you can see that thing growing right. bigger. Right. Uh, the you know my my other properties, the, the websites and stuff, they're all about the same. I mean, then, you know, the, uh, it's hard to compete in that realm with so many providers. But it's but when you have a a personality and and I you know like I have a personality, I I think I'm not quite so boring, <laughs> and I have uh, things going on. You're awesome, it, Tim. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. I pat my back there. Um, you there know, you it, it's like it's like you got to use the tools you have. Yes. Until there is a uh, sniff test and review on cars, I'm using all the senses you got. I'm using your ears, I'm using your eyes, and I'm using your mind. I mean, yeah. you know, and I'm using my mouth too to talk about things. So I'm, I'm giving you everything I got. Right. And so it's fun to go out there and do the YouTube stuff and do the video. And and because I, I, that was another fear factor was I wasn't uh, feared of, of doing videos. You know, I didn't know how YouTube worked and how do you look on video? Everybody thinks they look terrible. I think everybody except for even supermodels think they look terrible probably in the photos. But <laughs> they're wearing like, those goofy clothes. Yeah, yeah. right. Before <laughs> it's all retouched, they're like, oh, touch it up, please. But you have to get beyond that. You have to get beyond the fear of saying, you know what? People may make comments and people do make comments and I have fun with it. Uh, a guy told me once that the shirt I was wearing looked like it was like a, a picnic table top. <laughs> oh, it's, one of those checkered country yeah, I, oh, yeah, okay exactly. yeah 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 so i so the next video i did i wore it and i said i'm wearing my uh checkered picnic tabletop picnic tabletop so, yeah, yeah just, just for you <laughs> yeah I, I mean i I just you know that's yeah get beyond that fear of it and i've right. i've gotten better at it and i've you know i'm just, i'm not gonna be amazing at it but i don't care it's about yeah. doing it get past the fear and watching it grow and i get comments and i get people that like it and so you know that's, that's all that really matters now what's a youtube page so our listeners can go and check out this shirt <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, check it out. Uh, the pickup truck and SUV talk. Pickup uh, truck. And, is it ampersand or A&D? It's A&D because YouTube does not l- allow the ampersand. Okay. Well, YouTube, yeah. what do they know? They're only owned by Google, right? Yeah. Wonk, wonk. Yeah. Well, well I, I, I say that in jest because my son works at Google, so we always are teasing each other. And, and uh, since we're on Skype today, I got to show you something here that he left for me. <laughs> what I'm showing Tim here is a little thing my son gave me because every time I have a technical question, I call him and bother him. And he brought me this little plastic sign that says IDK, comma, Google it, which is basically <laughs> what he tells me when I call him. Google it, Dad. It's all right there. We did it for you already. So, yeah. <laughs> How right is that? Well, well, here's a very introspective question for you, Tim. If you were a vehicle, what kind of vehicle would Tim be and why? Boy, I, I think your audience right now is guessing, right? Like a oh, Porsche. Yeah. She'd probably be a Porsche. No, come on. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe not today. <laughs> I'd be an old pickup with an engine you have to keep tinkering on. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping you're going to say. Some people, you know, we all want to be like a Ferrari F1 car, but most of us aren't quite built like that. At least I know I'm not. So very nice. Of course, Tim's an old truck. Why would you think anything else? Well, Tim, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 
1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars yeah, and you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars yeah. All right, Tim, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire, in your case, the last lap around the field, uh, out in the cornfields there or the or wheat fields, whatever it might be. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle, the truck throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I got this about last summer and it just it worked awesome. And, and the thinking is, is when you have an automotive problem, Start when you're diagnosing the problem, think about how the part or the system should work and then work backwards from there. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work with a great guy named Tim who would uh, hang out with me in the evenings on Thursday night, boys night out. And I'd be working on my race cars or cars or whatever. And he was very technically savvy. I was the opposite. So he taught me a lot of things. And he said exactly that one time. We were chasing an electrical issue on an old Porsche and just could not figure that out. And uh, that comment led to solution. So great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Since we're on Skype, I will show you and I'll tell the audience too. Um, I actually handwrite a to-do list. There you Monday. go. Nice. And, uh, I, and see I, do it. That, I do that because for many reasons, and I do it Monday mornings. It starts my week off in a good routine. Yep. So it's routine based. Also, when I write stuff down, I'm able to think about it. You know, the world's so digital these days with so much digital apps and things that, that I tried digital for a while and I kept losing track of stuff mm-hmm. and I would lose my mindset on stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I write it down, I can make notes. I can say what outlet I'm going to pitch it to and, and where I'm at. And then when I get to cross it off my list, it's a great moment of satisfaction. It's more than you can get from deleting it off of item to-do list. It, right. it's, it's a great sense. I got it from my dad. My dad does it all the time. And it, 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 I don't forget things. I remember to follow up on things and I can cross stuff off the list. And that's, that's a really my biggest personal habit that keeps me going. 
I tell you, Tim, I've had 1,060 guests here now in the last four years on Cars, yeah. I've had some multi, multi-millionaires, even billionaires on the show. That is one thing that guys at the top, women at the top do, is to-do lists. And the writing down, that process, mm-hmm. is really important. There's something that happens from the pen to the paper to the hand to the brain versus typing. And you're right, for me, I do the same thing. If I put it on a list on a computer somewhere, it gets tucked into a folder and it's like, it's like putting it away and you never see it again. So very, very good advice. Now, there are a lot of cool resources, including your resources out there. Is there one in particular you'd like to share with our audience? Well, of course, mine. I use mine all the time. Okay. <laughs> and why don't you share those, Tim? <laughs> uh, Pickup Truck. You can go to pickuptrucktalk.com. You can also check it out on social media, uh, you know, different variations of Pickup Truck plus SUV talk. Um, I, you know, and I'll give a shout out. I, you know, I go to Truck Run quite a bit. I go to pickuptrucks.com quite a bit. I would say the best resource to, for all stuff as far as uh, trucks, is your local parts guy, man. <laughs> that's, that's the best resource, right? Yeah. Uh, if you get a good parts guy, that's that's your ace in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, you know, Boy, they're helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've seen so many things, and they've experienced so many things that they can go, oh, I know exactly. Billy Bob was in here last week, and he had that same issue. And if you just change this little switch, everything will be good. Otherwise, you could spend hours on YouTube trying to figure out why that switch isn't working. So, been there, done that. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that special person be? The one thing I'd like to do and uh, we used to do is I'm a member of TAWA, the Texas Auto Rider Association, and we do a truck rodeo every fall. And they used to invite people down. We, we have big groups of people, big engineers, stuff like that. But they used to have a campfire on one of the nights. And one time they'd have different truck engineers sitting around talking from different brands. And I would love to get – and I've been working on this over the years. It's one of those stories I keep failing at, I keep pushing at, is uh, I'd love to get like all five together or maybe one at a time and sit down with each truck engineer at a campfire with a drink and just talk trucks and just get the idea of what they see in the marketplace. It's it's amazing to me uh, when I go to interview people, how much we share alike, even from my vantage point and their vantage point and, and talking trucks and how much passion there is. And I just get a lot more passion when I'm talking to somebody else who's passionate too. It just, it grows and grows and grows. And so that's where I like, you know, that's, that's guys I like to talk to, but I, I gotta, I gotta share one thing before I know you have a little bit of time with the podcast. So I record mine yet a little time is, uh, I'd love to have a drink with the guy who designed the Chevy, the 62. So my, my father-in-law and my dad were here and they're working on the, the brake system on the, on the truck and I'm helping out, you know, I'm running errand boy parts board kind of thing. And I'm learning as well. And my father-in-law looks at my dad and says, well, why did they design this part this way? And my dad says, well, we could ask them, but they're probably all dead. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> think about it, 62. Yeah. They're probably all dead. Yeah. And so I'd love to go back and think about what those guys were designing and what their thought was. And, and like, I would love to see the design studio of 62 versus design studio today. I know the design studio today is amazing, but back in 62, I mean, that was, that was pen and paper. That was drafting oh, yeah. words. That was, you know, that was, you know, making small changes. And every year, for every three or four years, they made different changes. I mean, they, yeah. they were, those engineers were constantly making changes to pickups, getting them better. Oh, yeah, always. Well, go back and listen to my talk with Peter Brock when he was working with, as GM's youngest designer back in the day when he was like 19, 20 years old about some of the experiences he had with Hurley, Harley Earl and, and people that would come in and the guys in the suits that would come down and look at their designs and then go, nah, like my wife thinks that's ugly. You know, I mean, it was a whole different, it was a different yeah. deal back then. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, pen to paper for sure and slide rules. 
Yeah, lots of slide roll action. Yeah, very cool. My dad was an architect, and uh, he had a slide roll. And I remember him trying to show me how to use that thing. And the first time they came out with a calculator, we bought him a $100 calculator that could basically do addition, subtraction, uh, dividing, multiplication, and percentages. That was about it, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, back in the 60s. Wow. Now about a book. Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy? I actually read a book this spring, and I don't read books. I don't get a chance to read them very often, but I read a book by Amy Goldstein. It's called Janesville, An American Story. And what I like about this book is it chronicles the last days before they cha- they tore down the Janesville Assembly, or they closed it, and now they, they only teared it down last, couple, last month. They sent in bulldozers. But she went back in time and brought all the major characters from the episode, and she interviewed, you know, She's got Paul Ryan on there. Paul Ryan was part of the uh, congregation to try to get the plant saved. And she's got uh, Harry Wagner or not Harry. No, Wagner was uh, the CEO of uh, General Motors. Oh, okay. Um, She's got all the key players. I'll go back to key players better than quoting people. (laughs) Uh, She's got all the key players in there. And she's actually talk breaks all down from a, from a, a political aspect to a company aspect to a personal level. And she talks about the before and after and how they tried to save the economy and the hard work people did to try to get grants and get, uh, you know, people revitalized in the workforce. And then she really went down a a really interesting part of the book is the very end where she talks about whether retraining workers actually makes a difference. Hmm. And so it's a very interesting uh, book and it it really moves along really fast. I read it on a few planes that I was, you know, just in the plane reading along with it. And, uh, and it's it's amazing how much she was able to capture, and it's, it's just a really good story. Not, and I have a personal take. I mean, I was born in Janesville, so I have a personal take with that book. But I think it's a really good, really shows you what happens to small towns when the big company pulls up, pulls yeah. its legs and gets out. Yeah, you know, it's the first time that book's been recommended, and I'm glad you did because it is an important part of U.S. history and the automotive history, and yeah, the effects that it has on a city that is dominated by a big industry and so forth. Remember uh, way back when, long before I moved here to the Pacific Northwest, there was a when Boeing had a big problems, and I remember they saying, "If you're the last one leaving town, turn off the lights," because Boeing had laid off so many people and affected the, the city so greatly back in the day. So, yeah, yeah, great recommendation. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these cool resources Tim has shared on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on Tim. Type in his last name. I've had a few Tims on the show. Esterdahl, E-S-T-E-R-D-A-H-L. Good Swedish name, just like the name of his <laughs> truck. And you'll find his page there and links to his website, podcast, and all the cool things that he's worked on and this book. All right, Tim, we are up to the last question, a real doozy. I have a feeling that you've already answered the question. I probably don't even have to ask you this, but I will. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car or truck in the world. Money's no object, but there's a couple rules here on cars, yeah. It can be your only collector car. You've got to drive it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. I want you to enjoy it. Kind of thinking, though, I don't have to buy you a car today or a truck, right? Nope. I'm keeping Swede. Swede. I'll be, I'll be six feet under by the time that thing leaves my side. <laughs> oh, well, you saved me a few bucks today. I appreciate that, <laughs> considering the last guest I had on wanted a 275 GTB Ferrari. So uh, I was out of money anyway, so it didn't really matter. But, uh, you know, I love it when people already have the vehicle they they really want, especially a young guy like you, because so many people dream about having things that are either unobtainium or something that they're going to get maybe way in the future because it's too expensive or it's not the right time in their life to be spending money that way. But I'm really happy when people already have that dream in their garage. And you told a great story about it, too. Awesome. Well, Tim. You've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your 
automotive truck journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive across the field in Sweden? I would uh, tell the audience one more thing on, on fear. The, the, the final note on this is I remember growing up and there was this poster of Michael Jordan and uh, Michael Jordan was you know the Bulls for a long time and won the championships. And I was a Pistons fan in Detroit. And so, you know, we bannered back and forth because I mean, it was Jordan. Yeah. And, and the one time it really blew my mind was there's a poster of Michael Jordan and it talks about how many times he's failed, how many times he's missed the game winning shot, how many times he's lost game sevens, how many three throws he's missed, how many that's he's missed. And it, it, and I think that's the mate, the thing you got to take away from this, the show and, and my sh- the show we're doing today and the poster is that no matter how many times you fail, you always remember the successes. And so you got to keep failing to, to succeed. Yes. And, and that, that'd be the parting thought is, is, is don't let failure stop you. Keep failing and you'll eventually succeed. Wonderful inspiration, Tim. I love it. What's the best way for our listeners, again, to follow you and learn about all the cool things you're doing? Yeah, you can always follow me on uh, PickupTruckTalk.com. You can follow me on Twitter at TEstradol or PickupTruckTalk. Pickup Truck Talk is probably easier to follow than typing Estradol. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you like Chevy Swede, he's got his own Instagram account. Cool. Uh, it's uh, Chevy underscore Swede. He's a little bit cranky, so some of the comments get a little ranky. Um, <laughs> and then uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, need more subscribers would be awesome. More uh, the, We do live streams. We have a good time. We have a little glass of whiskey. We talk about trucks. It's, it's a good time. Uh, check us out on Pickup Truck and SUV Talk on YouTube. There you go. Well, again, I'll put all these cool links on Tim's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type on Tim, type Tim in the search bar. His page will pop up in all these links. Check out what he's doing. Here's a guy who's walking to talk, living a wonderful life, being his own man, as they say, and enjoying things and doing them on his level. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad we got together. Tim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your story with me and the Cars yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.